Before we get started, I want to tell you about my friends at Lean Solutions Group. Lean works with over 500 logistics and transportation companies in North America. You can describe Lean as a nearshoring company or a workforce optimization company, but as a customer, I describe Lean as a strategic partner who can help me win in a very competitive industry. They can quickly provide your company with top talent in operations, sales, marketing, technology, and business process outsourcing. They have over 9,000 employees in Colombia, Guatemala, Mexico, and the Philippines. Everyone is working with LSG. You need to. Check out the link in the show notes. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. On the Logistics of Logistics, I talk to experts in logistics and transportation, warehousing, fulfillment, supply chain, and of course, technology. And during these interviews, I'm always the one asking the dumb questions. I ask the dumb questions so you don't have to. Today's topic is financial predator versus partner with my friend, Bharat Krishnamurthy. His friends call him B. B is the CEO and co-founder of Denim, an all-in-one financial services platform rapidly disrupting the $250 billion freight intermediary market. Denim's technology allows freight brokers to simplify their financing operations and easily access the working capital they need to grow. If you are looking for a great financial partner, check out our conversation. I hope I didn't botch your name too bad, B. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty close. Thank you for having me, Joe. I, I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to have you on. So, we can call you B. I can pronounce that. B, please introduce yourself and your company and where you're calling from today. Yeah. Barth Krishnamurthy here. Like, I, like you said, B is great. My, my brother, my sister, my wife, they all call me B. And I'm the co-founder and CEO of Denim, which is a freight payment system. We work with freight brokers and fleets to help them automate all of their core financial operations. And we provide them affordable working capital by factoring their invoices. Um, you asked where I'm from. I'm in New York, based here in uh, New York City, where it is 20 degrees out right now. <laughs> I know it's cold here in Michigan too. You do factoring. And again, factoring is normal in this. And I know we'll get to the financial predators that are out there right now versus the partners that are out there. And tell us how it works when you're working with Denim. Yeah. Most of our clients are freight brokers, right? So they hear about us somewhere, hear about us on this phenomenal podcast. I hope so. <laughs> get in touch with our sales team and and we figure out what they're looking for and, and, and we get them set up. Once once we get a contract signed, they get access to our web portal and everything they need to do, they can do through that web portal or programmatically via a TMS integration, if that's how they prefer to interface with us. Um, they add their clients, their debtors, um, and they can submit their jobs to there. And We'll basically provide that financing, right? So we'll advance the funds to them and their carrier as soon as they need it. And then we'll collect the money from their shipper when the invoice becomes due. And as part of that, we're able to take a lot of work off their plate, right? So we're not just providing this work in capital financing. We're also automating all of the really labor-intensive, error-prone work that's associated with the financial operations. So like carrier payments, uh, invoicing, collections, book reconciliation, uh, moving data back and forth between their, their TMS system and their accounting system, uh, document collection, document audit. There's so many different workflows that are adjacent to the 
process of paying and getting paid. And normally you have to sink a lot of time into that. And it's not just the time, right? Like the mistakes get made and that has a real dollar impact on the business. And what we do is we take all of that off their plate and allow our clients to just focus on what they love and what they do best, which is bringing in more business and delivering an amazing service to their customers. Yep. I um, talked to some of your people the other day, including Emily, and I got a demo and I, I loved it. And I think I used the term, and I don't mean this, this to sound salesy, but I said, you're really our financial partner that makes sense. As opposed to there are factors out there, tons of factors, but there's a difference. They're not all created equal. Some are old school and they aren't looking for a partnership. They're looking for transactional. And I always say this in my podcast, when you pick a factoring company to work with, you should vet them and you aren't dating them. You aren't engaged to them. You are married to them. And that means you vet. And let's face it. There's a lot that are out there that are ripping people off. It's and you're in disparate rates sometimes. I, I, I can tell you, I factored invoices that when I was running my dad's engineering business. You're not doing it because um, you want to. You're doing it because you need to make mo- get some money right now to take that next load, to, to take on the new business that you exactly, want. Exactly, yeah, to help you grow, right? And you said they're, they're out there looking for transactions. I, I would say they're out there looking for prey, right? So, some of them, not all of them, right? There are some really good people in this industry, but... Uh, a lot of them are, are doing things where it's, it's really hard to look at it any other way, right? And that's actually a big part of why we got into this space, right? Because if you look at the way that most people talk about their factoring companies, it's the same way that most people talk about their internet service providers. No one likes their internet service provider. They just have to use them because you need internet and there's only one game in town. Uh, and for a lot of people, I think that's how it feels with factoring where it's like, oh, like it's a necessity. They all suck. So I'm going to go with this one. And it doesn't have to be that way, right? Because I think there's a lot of really cool opportunities for a factor to not just solve this one problem for you, but by virtue of that unique relationship, to be able to solve so many of your other problems, right? Really set you up for success. And that's what we're trying to do at Denim. Yeah. And we'll come back to that in a minute. So tell us a little bit about you. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? Give us some career highlights before you started Denim. Yeah. So I, I was born in New Jersey, spent the first 13 years of my life in the area, like around Rutgers, moved around a little bit, but all oh, nice. in that same general vicinity. And when I was 13, I moved to Virginia. And that's actually where I met my co-founder. So Sean Vo is my high school best friend. Uh, we, we met in, in Northern Virginia and have been extremely close ever since. And I was, we're very different personalities, right? Like we, we get along really well, great chemistry, but could not be more different, right? He was straight A student. The, the only B that he ever got in school was actually because we had class together and I like totally tanked his grade. And on the flip side, I almost flunked out of middle school, almost flunked out of high school. I was in college. I was constantly getting in trouble. Um, but I think at a very core level, like in terms of our values, the things we cared about, we we're like very similar. And so we gelled well and we obviously stayed close after college. Um, I ended up going to law school. I got my shit together towards the end of my, my year, wound up at a law school at Columbia here in New York and practiced for a year as, as an M&A attorney doing mergers and acquisitions here in New York. And it's about, it's, it's about exactly as boring as that sounds. It was a, it was like a soul crushing job. I could, I remember every day walking to work and I'm like, I can feel my soul slipping out of my fingers and it's not a knock on. No, it's a dream job for somebody, but it's just, wasn't a dream job for you. It wasn't a dream job for me. Yeah, exactly. Like the people I worked with were awesome. Like I loved 
almost everyone that I met at, at Gibson Dunn, but it was, I just wasn't cut out for it. It was a bad personality fit. And so I remember talking to Sean and I was like, Hey, dude, like we got to do something. And, and we had started a bunch of small businesses together in the past. And so there was always this idea that, Hey, down the road, we'll like get together and we'll start something. And we just didn't know exactly how to do it. What does that actually mean to go start a company? What are we going to start? And finally we like, we're like, let's just come up with ideas. So we sat there brainstorming business ideas and we, we came up with this idea to help the intercity bus industry optimize their scheduling and pricing. So if you think about like Megabus and Greyhound, yep. there's tons of smaller regional operators. And we're like, okay, we'll help them run a better business. And we called it BusBot, like bus robot. And, and we got it off the ground, right? It was, we're making about a hundred grand annually within the first five or six months. But we, we realized pretty quickly it wasn't going to get much bigger because unlike trucking, the intercity bus industry is tiny in the US, right? And that kickstarted this process of about two years where we're like, okay, this thing doesn't have legs. Let's find something that does. And we had an advantage this time compared to a year earlier when we were coming up with ideas, which is that we had suddenly built this network in the transportation space, right? We'd met a bunch of founders and investors and just smart people who, who worked broadly in transportation technology. And so we, you know, via osmosis, we were just collecting so many more ideas than we had been exposed to before. And over the course of two years, a year and a half, we tested out a bunch of different things and kept learning more about the space as well as more about what we were looking for, what would be a, a slam dunk for us. And this opportunity to digitize freight payments just check the boxes for us, like all of them, right? It was, it was just this massive opportunity where if we can really solve these problems and build this digital financial infrastructure for logistics, we have the potential to build one of the most important companies in, in the freight and logistics world, which is, I'd argue, one of the, if not the most important sectors of the global economy. And on top of that, it's a, it was a mission that we could feel really good about devoting 10, 15 years of our lives to, right? Because like when you think about helping lots of different people, the supply chain feels like a, it's distantly removed from it. But in reality, like everyone's life depends so heavily on it, right? And the supply chain depends so heavily on that financial infrastructure that allows all the pieces to keep moving. And I think people really got a taste of it during COVID when Oh yeah. Those, like supply chain shocks when you're like, oh, what do you mean I can't get my Amazon delivery in three days? What do you mean this hospital doesn't have the supplies that it needs? And I think that was like a it was like it was good. It's, it's a big opportunity. It's something we really feel good about working on. It plays to our relative strengths, right? His background in, in finance and technology, my background in law and economics. So we went for it. And that was like mid twenty nineteen when we really got started. And it's been off to the races ever since. It's been a, a really exciting journey. Yeah, it's a, it, you're right. It is a massive industry. And we think of supply chain disruptions. We think of these very glamorous ones. Oh, well, there was a, couldn't get something. The port was jammed. Or it's like stuff that was front page news. But a lot of disruptions are because we're short a truck driver or we're short a, a truck in an area. And a lot of times it's because that guy didn't get his paycheck from his last deal uh, on a timely basis. So he can't put money into his tank and take the next job. And that is that let's face it, that's money's the blood of this whole organism. Yeah. We, we need to get paid so we can put gas in that tank and live on the road for a day or two. And that's just the reality of um, the trucking business. And um, not everyone gets paid. We're in difficult times right now. 
I, I suspect you have better insights on it than I do, but I suspect some people aren't paying on time. Yeah. And it's, it's the other interesting thing is it's not just that they're like, it's these small disruptions. It's, it's that it's all interconnected, right? So this trucker doesn't get paid. He doesn't move that load. So now this other broker is, is in trouble. And if this broker goes under because they're not able to move all the loads they want, it's like it cascades, right? Everyone's dependent on each other and working with one another. And I, I think that's why he's like, when the market gets hit, it gets hit pretty bad, right? I think everyone who's in this space is like feeling the pain this year, last year, right? <laughs> Probably a good chunk of next year. Yeah, it's a big problem, right? It's a big, important problem. And, and we're not gonna we're not gonna single-handedly solve this problem, right? I, I think we're gonna be a really big part of this solution, but there there's a lot of really cool companies that are doing interesting things in this space. Oh yeah, and, and I will also say this, and we'll get into this when we talk about the predators versus partners in this space. I would say that, you guys came in with a different mindset, which was tech-centric, and that you're not the only ones. But And I think you also had a sense that we want long-term relationships. We're not looking to be transactional. We're not looking. We, we don't want do, to have one bad deal with you. We want you to be a partner for the long run. And by the way, I interviewed your partner, Sean Vo, I don't know, a year or so ago. And actually, I've talked to friends about it. I said, it's like the American dream. I said, I think it's Sean's family from Vietnam. Yeah. And your are your parents immigrants? Yeah, from India. And I said this is this is only in America. I'm sure it happens other places, but I'll say only in America where you have an Indian guy and a uh, Vietnamese guy meet and and become best friends and start a great company. And I love what you guys are doing. So, let I know I'm going to lose you early in the top of the hour. So, I want to talk about some of the predators. You've talked before we hit record, you were telling me some predatory behavior that you saw in the market. So please explain. Yeah, there, there's a lot of things. Some of the ones that jump out to me is uh, these like really crazy early termination fees. So just for context, right? Lenders, not just factors, but like all kinds of lenders, our lender, for example, who we get our capital from, will we'll put early termination fees into the agreement because they incur a lot of expenses upfront in order to get the deal set up. And if they invest all of that money to get the deal set up and then you leave in, in two weeks, they're just like completely out. In order to get alignment between the two parties, they'll say, okay, if you leave within a year, there's this fee that sort of offsets our, our initial costs. And it, it, it ultimately is good for both parties, right? Because it'll, it allows them to keep costs low. So as long as you're planning to stick around for a year, they can keep the, the costs lower. But what we've seen is some factors going like totally overboard and putting in these early termination fees that are three, four, five, ten times as large as the amount of money they stood to make from the deal in the first place. Right. Right? We had a, a prospect that wanted to come over and their factor said they were going to charge them a $750,000 early termination fee. Can you imagine just eating $750,000 expense? And this wasn't like, it's not talking about like a CH Robinson or someone, right? This is like a, it's a small business, right? It, it's a million dollars almost that out the door if they want to, if they want to leave. Yeah, by the way, before you go any further, I want to take a quick time out to tell you, you can now listen to the logistics of logistics on Wreaths Across America Radio. I'll put a link in the show notes. Wreaths Across America provides informational, inspiring content about members of the U.S. Armed Forces, their families, and military veterans. Their mission is to remember, honor, and teach. Wreaths Across America succeeds because of the generous support of the trucking community. Take a listen and please consider volunteering. So Getting back to it, could you please give us the define in a bullet point or two what is factoring? Yeah, factoring is the purchase 
of accounts receivable from a client as a way of bringing their cash flows forward, right? So said another way, it's a way for a client to get paid today on work they've already done, even though their customer is only planning to pay them in 30 days or 40 or longer, whatever it is. So theoretically, if I was a truck driver and somebody owed me $2,500, I can come to you and say, hey, I'd like to get $2,500. You might not give me the whole $2,500. You would give me some percentage of that. What percentage would you give me? It, it depends, right? It, it varies by, by clients. But typically what we do is we advance somewhere between 90 to 95% upfront. And then we give them the rest of it once their customer pays us minus whatever fee we're taking. So that is a fantastic deal. If I, I'd say I, I got another project that I want to fund today, not in 30 days. And by the way, not everybody who says they're going to pay you in 30 days pays you in 30 days. I know that's shocking to some people listening, <laughs> but not everybody pays on time. Yeah. It's, and if you put, your, put yourself in the shoes of a freight broker, right? If their customer says, hey, can you do this load for me? And they get a trucking company to go move that load. And now there's a second load that needs to be moved. If that first carrier wants to get paid immediately, right? The, the broker can't do that until they get this cash, right? So they, it's impossible for them to move both the loads at the same time, unless they have a way of accelerating the cash flows from the first one, so they can now advance funds to the second customer. And when you think about it that way, it's basically what you're doing is you're borrowing money so that you can reinvest it in your own business and grow even faster. Yeah. I'm a theory of constraints guy. So I always look at that as the bottleneck. You moved the bottleneck for us. <laughs> and so anyway, we talked about the predators out there and some have hidden fees. And another thing you told me before we hit record is this all or nothing mentality. Please explain that one. <laughs> yeah. So like many factors will say either you need to factor hundred percent of your invoices, or they'll say something like if you factor one invoice with this debtor, you need to factor all of the invoices with that debtor. And I think Every other factor in the market will say, if you want a cash advance, you have to get the cash advance on day one, right? So maybe you only need the money on day 21 because that's when you're supposed to pay your, your carrier. Uh, but they'll say, no, like you have to borrow it on day one and you have to pay us for those 21 days that you didn't need the cash, but we made you borrow it. And I, I think to some extent, that's because there are like technical limitations, right? Because these, a lot of these systems were built a long time ago, it's really legacy infrastructure, and it's tough for them to be able to do really precise uh, solutions, right? Oh, you need the day on, you need the money on day fourteen for this invoice. You need the money on day twenty-one for this invoice, and you need it on day one for this invoice. But if you can do that, if you can be really sophisticated about it, it means that the client can like really bring down their effective cost of, of factoring, right? Because they're borrowing much less, but they're getting a hundred percent of the value because they're getting the money exactly when they need it. Yeah. They could spend an extra couple thousand dollars on code, but th why do it when you can just, when you don't need to, right? When people aren't asking for it. So you can maximize the profit on some uh, guy who's, you know, borrowing against invoices. So I know what we talked also, you, you touched on the idea of automation and workflows. And I told you before we had recorded, I factored stuff in the past. And I remember faxing. And then in the past, when I worked at a 3PL, we didn't factor stuff. But I do know there was factoring companies involved in stuff. And there was a lot of faxing going on. And so I, I think a lot of these companies are not native to the internet. You guys are. And that's a big difference. Yeah, 100%. When you think about like a predator versus prey, right? The predator is like charging these early termination fees. They're uh, filing the UCC as soon as you 
talk to them, right? Even if you have no interest in working with them. That's, the, that's the lean. Yeah, that's, that's them basically telling the government, we have a lien on their assets. They're forcing you to factor either all of your invoices or none of them. They're hiding fees in the contract so that the you know what you end up paying is way more than what you thought you were paying. But when I think about a, what a financial partner is, it's not enough to not do those things, right? It's not enough to not be an asshole. You want to go beyond that and, and find ways to really support your clients. And add value. Help them achieve. Yeah, you want to add value. And uh, I think if I was a freight broker, I'd be asking, what else can you do for me? What, what else is going on here besides just the, the financing? And that's really where we focus the bulk of our energy, right? Is figuring out how can we take more work off of our clients' plates so that they can focus on what they do best and on what they love, right? Which is finding new customers and taking care of those customers. That's what freight brokers want to be doing, right? They, they don't want to be doing invoicing, collections, managing payments out to carriers, reconciling their books, making sure the data is flowing between their TMS, their factor, and their accounting software. They don't want to be collecting documents from the trucking companies. They don't want to be auditing those documents, right? That's stuff that has to get done, right? It's super important and it's very time consuming and it's very easy to make errors, but it's not fun and it's not what's driving the growth, right? So what we want to do is we say, hey, we'll take all that off your plate. We'll extract the data from that and present the useful bits to you in a way that allows you to make your important business decisions faster and with better accuracy. And then you can focus on like building your business, right? We'll, we'll take care of the boring stuff. Yeah. I love that you're doing all that. And I, I, I can see a day and, and it's not going to happen the next year or the year after, but I can see a day where we all stopped acting like banks. If it, 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 it's, we, we always extend terms where we say, yeah, I'll pay you in 30 days. Well, I did it today. Why am I holding that money? It makes no sense. So I could see somebody, especially if we can get those fees lower and lower. And I imagine companies like yours will be able to do that using technology and the um, insights it provides is get to a point where you say, look, I, everything goes through them. And, and, and they, they worry about, we worry about factoring some, but not others. And I, and everything goes through that platform and it takes a lot of hassle off my plate because anybody who's running a business, the thoughts always in your head are about money. If 90% of the thoughts are, when am I going to get paid? What do I owe? And a lot of times in the trucking business, you've got a lot of money out of your pocket. Same with brokerage. You've got a lot of money out of your pocket. And when somebody doesn't pay you on time, you aren't long for the world. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's such an interesting thing about money that like the business could be in a great position, right? It's like they might have a lot of money that's owed to them that should be in their bank account, much more than is necessary to cover their payables. But- for whatever sort of like accident of people not paying on time, they literally cannot make their payments, right? Which is like, they can't make payroll because their customers haven't paid them. And it's like, that is it, it's so frustrating, right? Because you're doing all of your work, right? You're doing the right things. Like, how are you supposed to know that this shipper who had a great reputation and had excellent credit six months ago, like, how are you supposed to know that their credit is actually rapidly deteriorating, Right. You don't because you're not in a position to track all this stuff. It's not your job. It's not your specialty, but that's what we're doing for you so that when those situations arise, we can give you the heads up and tell you like, hey, you should probably stop working with this debtor or bring your balance down, or we can find ways to like wean you off of it so that you don't end up in the, the same position that I think a lot of fleets and brokers are finding themselves today as they see these, these, these businesses who are bankrupt or not be able to make payments. Are you guys integrated with some of the transportation management systems out there? 
Yeah, Ascend, Ty, Turbo. All the cool kids, huh? Yeah, all the cool kids. I was just talking to Tim Hyam. He is the founder of Ascend TMS. Sometimes we, I think we called it the free TMS. I'll make sure I'll put a link to the sh- in the show notes here. One of the things, I had just seen a demo of what you guys do, and I said it on the, when I was talking to Tim, is really interesting data analytics that's that had within your platform that said, here are your slowest paying customers. Here are your the, the smallest margin that your customers by margin, and so you could look at all. Yeah. And Tim jumped out and said, "The big guys all have that. It's the little guys never get around to having sophisticated. And by the way, that's not super sophisticated, but it's really useful to go. These are the guys. By the way, hey, I'm looking at this list. The bottom three guys in margin are also slow payers. Maybe I saw reconsider our relationship with them. Yeah, because you're you're doing a million things to run this business." you're not tracking that stuff in your head, right? Maybe you notice, oh, this person is late all the time, but maybe you don't. And it's not unless either you or someone else pulls all the data together, combs through it, extracts the meaningful insights and puts it in front of you that you're able to make smart data-driven decisions. And like you said, or I guess like, like Tim said, the big guys have a ton of people on payroll that do that work for them and everyone else doesn't. So I think that's an area where as a financial partner, we can add a lot of value, right? We can automate that process and, and do a lot of that work for you so that you're in a position to make the best decisions for your business. Yeah. And you also give me the analytics that say, hey, Joe, do this, do that. And that's, by the way, we all want data, but really the data is to create some insights that we can act on. So if you do, don't give me a whole bunch of data points in an Excel spreadsheet. So here you go, Joe, here's some great insights. Right. Joe, give me the insights that say, Stop working with XYZ and ABC because they are slow payers and the margin's too low. And those are the kind of things I saw on your platform. And again, I just got a 15-minute demo. Very cool. So again, you guys are looking with this idea of being partners as opposed to just, again, being transactional and trying to get all the money out of their pocket. And I tell you, I, I worked with factoring company many years ago. My dad in the engineering business, we factored some money. It absolutely saved our business because it was a recession in automotive. We were getting slow pay on a number of invoices. We had engineers and design engineers working for us. A lot of money owed. And our bank said, hey, we'll give you 30 days. We're not going to give you any more. So we fed factor some money. Didn't want to do it, but, but we stayed in business as a result of it. So it was a slam dunk. I knew, by the way, I saw in Sports Illustrated, it was a factoring company. It says, sell your invoices. So I was like, huh, sure. What dumbass is going to buy my invoices that are, that are being paid? And I was like, that's like such a great, that saved our business. So yeah, I mean, it can really move the needle for people because when things are going down, it can really, when the market's going down, it can really help you protect your business and find ways to be more efficient. And when when the market turns back around, you're in a position to really capitalize on that growth because you basically can access that growth capital, right? To, to reinvest it and make sure that you're moving as fast as possible to see the opportunity in front of you. So Sean, listen, Sean is your partner. I wrote his name down here. So B, who is the sweet spot for you guys? Who do you guys work with? We work with, with fleets and brokers of varying sizes, but our sweet spot, like I think where, where brokers really get, I think can start really taking advantage of all the, the different tooling that we have. Are, are brokers doing a couple million dollars in, in annual revenue, right? Anywhere from like one to 10. We have a bunch that are larger, right? We have, we have a couple that are doing like 50, 60 million a year in revenue. Um, and, and of course we have many that are smaller. 
But I'd say that sweet spot is that one to 10 million where they are large enough to really take advantage of the product functionality. How do they get started? Let's just say somebody's listening. And by the way, you should always be listening to this podcast. They're listening and they say, Joe, B, how do I get started? How do you get started working with Denim? Go to denim.com and request a call with our sales team. Yeah. What I'll do is I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile, link to Denim and any other links you and your marketing team give me, I'll put in the show notes so people can reach out and talk to you. I love what you guys are doing. It's again, it's a slam dunk. It's, it's so necessary in the space, but I think what's really important is it's just like trucks. Not all trucks are created equal. Not all trucking companies, not all brokers are created equal. You want somebody who's looking for the long-term partnership. And again, that's such an overused word, but it, it, it's either true or it's not. It's Again, I think it's important, more important than ever to vet. We've seen freight fraud going on all over the place, double brokering. I feel like I'm not victim blaming here, but if we did more uh, effort in the upfront vetting our partners, we don't run into problems. And that's the same with factoring. If you're getting ripped off by your factoring company, there are options. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So I like to interview smart, interesting people like you, B, people who are killing it in the space. Who else should I interview? Who else should you interview? All right, two people come to mind. One is Dale Prax. So we know him because he's the founder of Direct Expedite, which is Correct. Yeah, it's one of our best clients. All right. But he is also the founder of Freight Validate. So you, know, you brought up this problem of double brokering oh, fraud. There you go. Yeah. Freight, Freight Validate is a solution to basically protect the industry from double brokers and fraudsters. And they're fairly early, but I think the work they're doing is really Oh, I've heard of people mentioned Freight Validate on the podcast. So I'd love to, I'd love to interview you. You said somebody else you had? And he's, he's a great guy too. You're going you're to love speaking to him. And then the, the second person I had in mind was Deepak Chigani, who is the founder of Nouveau Cargo. They're a, a digital uh, freight brokerage for it, freight forwarder for uh, US Mexico. So they handle cross border trucking. Um, they're crushing it. He's a super sharp guy, great person, good friend. I'd have to learn the name, but I can say Nouveau Cargo. Um, yeah, I think please this introduce is like me. Maybe a little bit easier than mine, but not, not that much. <laughs> Well, please introduce me because the 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 cross border is increasingly important, and it still is not easy for most people. And um, I love it because I think as we move stuff back from Asia and those supply chains get shorter, we're going to have to figure out how to get the Mexico border to be just as easy as the Canadian border. Absolutely, yeah. So, what conferences will we see you in the denim folks at next year? Yeah, manifest. In, I will uh, see Sunday, you there. I guess. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Should be a good time. Anywhere else we'll see you? Still early. Still early. Yeah. Still early. We're planning out our conference calendar for next year. So what I'll do again, I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile, a link to your website, and any other links you guys give me, and people can reach out and talk to you. And B, I really appreciate you taking the time and teaching me yeah. how to say your name. Thank you. I appreciate you making the time too. I, I had a great time and it was, it was good to finally really connect and I'm excited to see you in person at Manifest. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your support's very much appreciated. Until next time, onward and upward. You have been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage with leaders in the logistics and supply chain community. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, hit the like button, and leave us a nice review on Apple or Spotify or wherever else you listen. Also, please check out our videos on YouTube and Connect with us on LinkedIn. We're very big on LinkedIn. And you can also reach us on the logisticsoflogistics.com, our website.